You're listening to The Lively Show, episode number three. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show this week. Thank you guys so much for all of the awesome support, especially on Twitter. It is so cool to see you all recommending The Lively Show to your friends and family members. It really means a lot, and I hope you continue to do so. If this continues to help you, I hope you share it with everyone that you think might enjoy it. So today, I actually want to talk about a very serious, and I say that in a non-serious way, topic fashion. We're actually going to talk with Liz Schneider of Sequence and Stripes. She is a great friend of mine. She has a huge fashion blog, and I'm so excited to cover everything from how to exfoliate in your closet, what to look for when you're going shopping, especially this year in 2014, what trends to look for, what nail polish we both enjoy, as well as everything you need to know if you're interested in becoming a fashion blogger yourself or if you already are one, we're going to learn how Liz made some serious progress in a very short amount of time. So today's topics include how Liz started two small, unsuccessful blogs before Sequence and Stripes. I say that unsuccessful in air quotes, but it's pretty shocking that she has two small blogs that many of us don't even realize happened. Next, we're going to talk about how Liz landed her first styling clients before she started her style blog. Then we're going to talk about how Liz comes through her closet and selects things to exfoliate. And we're also going to talk about why Liz doesn't use goals, but instead approaches life through little victories. And we're also going to cover how successful fashion bloggers foster connections and land their dream clients and projects when they're looking for sponsorships, which I think is really helpful for a lot of fashion bloggers at the 20 minute mark. After that, we're going to talk about how she transitioned financially from her full-time day job to her small biz and including her more serious topics like what her biggest struggle is currently, how she approaches mean comments, and what she'd say to someone just starting out. Let's go to the show. Thanks so much for being with me, Liz. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I know. This is really fun. Okay, so let's get started. Let's talk about how you created Sequence and Stripes um, and have gotten it to where you are today. Well, it's been like the longest process ever. Sequence and Stripes is actually my third blog. I started blogging. It's third blog. Wait, why is it the third? Let's go through that. So, I think a lot of people have some like dead skeleton blogs in their past. Oh, for sure. But no one knows. <laughs> totally. Um, actually, my first blog, it was called Hair Bows and Cosmos. <laughs> I mean, really clever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was my senior thesis for college. I majored in textiles at Ohio State. And our senior project was like how to pitch your, what you want to do if you want to be a clothing buyer, which was what I wanted to do. Um, So I started this blog, which was basically just a reflection of my personal style. And out of school, I got a job as a clothing buyer and I would like work on the blog a little bit here and there, but it just was never what I wanted it to be. And at that time, photography blogs were huge. So I started another blog and it was called A Happy Haven. And it was... Wait, so did you, did you have both of these blogs at the same time? Um, Hairbows and Cosmos, I think I just stopped blogging one okay. day and just started fresh. And I had, I think I had 20 followers on Google Reader, which I'm sure were all my family members. <laughs> so I just kind of let that one fizzle out and I started a happy haven. And it was a mix between lifestyle. I shared a ton of photos from my life and a little bit about fashion, but just kind of all over the board. And this was while I was a clothing buyer. And then I left that job after a couple years and started working with an architecture firm in Chicago. And while I was there, I really missed fashion. And yeah, that's that a pretty aspect, big switch. Huge switch. 
So I really wanted to fulfill that void. Talk about my personal style or the trends of the year and um, who my style icons were. So I started Sequins and Stripes and really, you know, I think I spent $300 and had it had a banner made and really tried to make it look professional. And that's where it started. And it started in July of 2011. Oh, that's like such a recent you've done so well for yourself considering that's like that's not a very long time it's only been two years I know and that's crazy because it feels like it's been so long but maybe I'm thinking of like the six-year span of yeah that's true you have been doing it for six years but this is but sequence quick quick line for that two years for sure yeah but I think like with sequins and stripes I was like okay this is what I want it to be and I'm gonna work really hard at it but sequins and stripes didn't start at zero you know a happy haven I think had a 85 Google yeah. Plus readers. So it was a nice tradition. Sequence and Stripes had a little like jump start. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so what do you spend your time doing now most of the time? Well, my I mean, my blog within the past two years, I'm so fortunate, has become, I mean, pretty successful. Yeah, I, would say, I will of, say, yes, very successful. Okay. I'll, I'll put that Thanks. out there. Yeah. Um, so when I started my blog, I had styling clients that I worked with previously through my job as a clothing buyer. So... I when I worked in the, with the architecture firm, I still worked with clients on the weekends. I see. Okay, so this was your styling before you even had the blog. Yes, for sure. So I was so fortunate to have this. I think I had a group of eight women that I worked with, probably seasonally, yeah. like every three months, and they were my little side project. How did you find those women, by the way? So, without a blog, without anything, you know. I'm, right now, I think everyone thinks they need to have the blog in order to get the styling clients, but you did this without social media. How did you find those women? So, as a clothing buyer for, I was a clothing buyer for a small bid, Midwest boutique firm, and um, on the side, customers of our store would ask the store managers or the owner of the stores, "I need help with with my closet, or I need an outfit for an event this week, or I would I need help packing or personal shopping," and my boss would suggest me and she would send me around to all these women's homes around Chicago. And I just created these great relationships with them. And it kind of just became this consistent routine of every three months, I would help them go through their closets. Or if they had a a black tie event, I would come dress them or take them shopping for, you know, anything specific. But, and I've just created these great relationships that have carried on over five years. So that's, yeah, so that's been great. So when Sequins and Stripes started taking off, my clients have were always my yeah, main priority. Yeah, they were already established, yeah. But then, and I think I started blogging at a good time when brands were just starting to figure out how valuable bloggers could be. Yes. So since then, I've been able to collaborate with these great companies and retailers and brands that I really have loved for years and that has kind of carried sequence and stripes to a new level. I totally agree. And I think that all of your, so obviously I'm a friend and reader of your blog and I would say that you definitely have done a great job selecting brands to work with that totally align with your actual style. And it feels very natural, Good, at I least hope. from the other side. Good. Of the I mean, screen. that's exactly what I hope for. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm being, you know, true that's to myself. Let's move on to actually talking about style because I think that's something really fun, especially for the new year. Yeah. As we're, you know, thinking about what we want for 2014. I think style does come to mind for people a little bit. So let's talk about what's your evolution of your style? What has that been like for you over the years? Oh my gosh, so crazy. And I totally think in terms of my readers because my readership, you know, ranges from college girls to women that are 40. So when I think of the college girls, I can totally relate to Ugg boots and oversized sweaters and skinny jeans and North Face coats and headbands in my hair. And I think 
it's funny because now I totally see qualities of my entire style that have carried on with me or just kind of transformed into these different ways of wearing pieces that I've worn for so long. I think for me, my style has always been pretty feminine, pretty classic. I'm. It took me a while to figure out how important it is to dress for my body. What for, does that mean, really? So for me, I mean, so trends come along, and of course, immediately I, I want to jump on that bandwagon. But I think as I get older, I've learned that my body type is not going to work for every trend. What do you stay away from? Personally, I mean, so my huge, my thing in the beginning, and I think this, uh, my realization came when I started dating my fiance, Dave, because I would wear these skinny jeans with a flowy blouse. And as much as I still love that look, and I'm so comfortable in that look, Dave would always tell me that I looked like I was wearing a paper bag. And I think it's, it's, it's crazy when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're, you're wearing something baggy and then you pair it with something, you, you change into a more fitted shirt how much smaller I look in yeah. terms of, I mean, just I look more balanced and proportional and more like a woman rather yeah. than I'm trying to hide my body type. So for me, that's a really great point about yeah. the baggy stuff. Are we trying to hide our body type with the baggy stuff? Totally. That's a real, I've never thought about it that because way. Because I think, I mean, you know, like skinny jeans, skinny jeans, I, I mean, are a huge part of my wardrobe, but I don't feel extremely comfortable in them all the time you know I feel like they kind of make me a little bit more self-conscious especially because I carry my weight in my hips and my butt and it's and so when you're wearing something tight on the bottom you want to disguise it with something baggier or you know flowy but I've learned over time that it's all about balance and proportion and actually something more fitted is going to look make me look better than what I think a baggy shirt does so for me trends are it, it, I'm more aware of what works for my body type. And I think that that took many years to figure out. And and now that I'm at the age, I'm 27. I know what works for me. And it's pretty good at 27, by the way. But uh, well, obviously it's your actual, like it's your career as well. So it's not super surprising. Right. But I think that's really great. I don't know that all 27 year olds necessarily feel that they've really figured that oh, for part sure. of themselves out. And that's you know, awesome. and there are days when, I mean, those rules don't really apply, yeah. but generally and I think for me, my my style, like I said, is feminine. It's pretty tailored. I like like a very sleek silhouette, more structured and classic and preppy. And and I think now I've learned that my style should like I hope that it reflects that consistently because I don't want my style to be all over the place. I want it to be a reflection of me, and that's what I try to portray through sequins and stripes. So I think. For so long, you know, I think your style totally depends on trends and what's new this season and constantly adding these pieces that may not reflect you, but they reflect you for like the the hot minute that they're on, you know, on trend. So I feel like I'm at a good point now where I know what my style is. Well, I remember in college for my own style evolutions, I'm reflecting on this question too. I uh, used to do, I used to have like a random assortment of things, probably just things I could afford at Forever 21 totally. at, in college. And I wanted to kind of hone and like kind of create a life with intention. That's when I was working on this concept from the beginning. And I decided to add intention to my wardrobe by kind of getting that cohesiveness across right. the closet because it was not cohesive at all. And so I didn't know what my own style was. So it was easy to start by mimicking and imitating.
imitating someone I admired. Totally. And I started with Jennifer Aniston. And so I created this WWJD. Like, what would Jennifer Aniston do? (laughs) And I would go through my wardrobe and I would, like, edit to the pieces that I felt like she would wear. So they were definitely, like, turquoise sequin tops, uh, tiered pink ruffle skirts oh that did gosh. not totally apply to the Jennifer <laughs> Aniston role. So I was like, all right, I like these, but you know, part of me likes these, but I also realized this isn't necessarily what I want to portray for myself or really have in my closet. So I let it go. And sometimes those things that you have a hard time getting rid of, do you ever find that the things you have the hardest time getting rid of, if you finally do, cause you're on the fence about it for so long, you feel the greatest sense of relief once you finally Oh my let gosh, it go. completely. When my closet is like totally in disarray, it like weighs on me. Yeah. It stresses me out until I take the time to actually go through everything. And I always tell my clients, and I have to say this to myself every time I go through my own closet, if those pieces that I've had forever that I just, I mean, I never wear, but I, for some reason, hold on to them. I have to tell myself, like, given the time now would I ever buy this today in the store and usually that's no because it's not a reflection of me anymore there's a reason I pass it up in my closet for me I find it's really important to have a balance of how much is optimal like the number of things I going over that is not positive right so it's about editing I don't have a problem personally with you know getting new things and I always pass on the things that I am not using anymore because the nice thing is by choosing to have as quality of items as you can you could you know give share that you know with dress for success or you for know sure. donations and actually just passing it on i love jess lc because i could always give it to the girls that oh for yeah me. i loved doing that's like my favorite thing to do i, I know like giving it as much well as it feels it. so you feel guilty neglecting the things yes. that i mean and i think for me the biggest thing is like i spent a good amount of money on and i know and you hope that it'll come back into style but it's just the bottom line is if it's not a true reflection of your style anymore, it's just best to... And someone else will love it more than you did. Yeah. Do you go through your closet? Because, I mean, this is also your career. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of you know weight on this wardrobe more right. than maybe most people's with your blog and what you have to do for your site and everything. Do you find you have to edit often or what's your process there? Oh my gosh. I hate to say this. This is so funny, but I Instagrammed a picture of my closet probably a couple months ago, and someone commented, you should call, call my friend. She can help you go th- organize your closet. I don't think she knew that that's what I, I do, do, but I was like, maybe <laughs> I should keep my closet up to date a little bit. But um, I I find for me, the less I have, the more outfits I'm able to put together. Sometimes yeah. I feel bogged down if I have too many things in my closet. And I just get overwhelmed with all, like too many choices just kind of stress me out. So I'm really fortunate. My sister lives like five blocks away from me. So I will just send oh my stuff God. Well, you can just send them my way. Or Jess's way. Okay, I, I'm putting this out here right now. I want them. Okay. Me, my, my hand is raised right okay. now. Perfect. <laughs> I know, I need to I look better at that. <laughs> seriously, I'm not joking. Okay, I'll send your Yeah, I'll send them seriously. your way. So yeah, it's, you know. I'm follow up on that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's awesome. Do you find that um, the brand affinities that you have have shifted or how, for me, I know lately, I've been really working on my style and I know if, you know, obviously I'm not a pro like you and you actually do this for a career, but people mm-hmm. have kind of asked me about my own style and I'll be honest and say, your style is definitely, your <laughs> blog has been a huge it's influence so for me. So I'm like, it's not the WWJD quite so much as like, I really love how you have this editorial eye for what mm-hmm. you what you buy and everything. So I've been working on that for myself, but I'm, and I kind of skew a little bit preppy, but I'm also realizing to keep things interesting, right. there's this like mixing, but it's, but it's hard because I'm so intentional that like, if I like the classic clean look, mixing in these things that may not be classic and clean, it might be more interesting, but also is it me? So it's like this weird kind of, it's hard to stay true to yourself. Do, yeah. I think, 
I mean, obviously there's a reason that I purchase everything that I have in my closet. I like it for some reason. And my, like you said, mixing lately, I've, I've been trying to come up with new ways to wear things that I've been wearing for a long time. So instead of making something classic, I'll try to pair it with something edgy or add a different element. I'm a huge, I'm just a huge fan of mixing different like textures or different fabrics and adding something feminine to a piece that, for example. Yeah, I want examples here. (laughs) Maybe a leather jacket over like a cute silk dress. I would have to buy the leather jacket and the silk dress, but you just happen to have them. I mean, those are just two Two things that you things in my closet that I wear in different ways all the time. Or say, you know, right now it's really popular to wear a sweatshirt with like a cute floral skirt. So these feminine details that are paired with something a little edgier, a little more casual that you don't mean to do it, but for some reason it appears more effortless. Like you you put less thought into it because it's like, Oh, of course you pair a sweatshirt with a skirt, you know, or, and then you load on a ton of sparkly necklaces and it just kind of all comes together rather than thinking about it too much. I think the less you think about it, the more unmatched your outfits become and they kind of seem more effortless. So I think the less you think about it, the better. And it kind of pushes you out of your boundaries And I'm all about, I swear, Dave's always wondering what we're doing, I'm doing in our bedroom because I'll take an hour out of my night by myself and be like, okay, what can I do that's new in my closet? And I'll just throw a ton of clothes on my bed and piece together things that I love for a reason and like, why can't they go together? Yeah. No, you're really good at it because you've honestly, like like back when I did the workshop at home, you helped style me. Uh So it was like this awesome experience to have you in my closet. And you pulled a red blazer with this black floral dress that had a little pieces of red in it. Uh And you put them together. And I was like, oh my God, I never would have thought to do that. But when I, if I thought about like throw pillows, for example, I would have been like, obviously these go together. And, And you were like, yeah, I just noticed the little color in the dress match this larger color, you know, solid color jacket. And it suddenly pulls it out, it pulled us together in a way that I would have found probably in the dress side of things, like the biggest color and said, well, that obviously goes, but not the smallest. Right. And, but the, the reverse is true when it comes to interiors for me. So right. I just love that. I mean, it's crazy how uh, between both of those things, it's all about balance and you get those in different ways because I'm the same in my home. I'm, I have no idea what goes, which is yeah. why I need to call you. <laughs> <laughs> it is helpful, I think, also to have the fresh opinion, the fresh For eye. sure, because you see it every yeah. day. So your eyes just become stagnant. As women, we get comfortable knowing that we go through our closet, and I, my clients have this issue. Every time I see them, they're like, I wear the same seven outfits seven days a week. Because sadly, I think we're always in a hurry. So we know what works, and we just pull it instead of like having fun with our wardrobes. And I think that that's what, I think that's what weighs on women getting dressed in the morning. But... I think if you look at it as having fun with your closet, because you put so much, I mean, it's an investment, so you have to take advantage of it. It helps to plan. I think that that is, I mean, you should totally do it. Yeah. Actually, speaking of planning, you have a wedding coming up. (laughs) Congratulations. Thanks. So how's it coming? It's good. So when we got engaged at the end of August, Dave and I had just been to eight weddings. So I was like, wait, I have to plan a wedding. I don't even know what I like anymore. Everything I thought I liked has been done. So it was a little daunting, but it's going really well. We planned all the big things. We have the venue and the photographer and um, the band. And I finally got my dress. Oh, congratulations. You want to keep things a surprise, right? Yes. So I'm not sharing anything on the blog. 
you know, and I'm actually not sharing it with any any of my bridesmaids. Dave is not knowing like, many of the big details. So you're doing all of this secretly yes. behind the scenes on your own. Is that a ton of work? Well, I have a wedding planner okay. who's just the biggest help in the world. And aside from my parents and my siblings, we're pretty much the only five that are going to know little details. You know, the, the, everyone will know the venue and the band and the colors. But yeah. as far as decor, and we have some fun little surprises in the works. So those will all be a secret. So can we know the colors? Or is that still a secret too? I'll tell you the colors. The colors okay. are <laughs> um, black and white and gold and blush and sage green. Oh, beautiful. It'll beautiful. Be it's yeah. uh, totally your style i like it's like your winter color oh, sorry i do read your blog a lot in no. fashion that's like your winter colors with your spring colors i know yeah i'm oh, kind of beautiful. mixing it all up yeah and it's funny when you say those are totally your colors because i never think of myself as you know you don't notice the connection between yeah. everything well your site even looks like i always think about like my website looks like my guest room which is my little area where i get to decorate and do whatever i wanted yeah the colors and everything is exactly the same so yours your site reflects those colors. It's really kind of branding, but really branding is all about just oh, totally. conveying who you are when right. you're a personal brand. So it's not surprising. It's fun to like take a step back and look at all the connection between everything. So do you have any goals for 2014? Have you been thinking about that? I put a lot of pressure on myself when I make these huge goals. So I always tell Dave, I'm all about the little victories. So what's a little victory for you? Oh my gosh, I have so many little victories throughout the day. I would say, I mean, even Wait, you go, like you have the multiple victories throughout oh, the day. You go like, I just had a little victory. Oh yeah, and just- who? I don't even know if they're coming. But so say I get an email from a brand that wants yeah. to work with me that I'm like, woo, all right. So I mean, that's such a little victory. You know, all these uh, brand collaborations are have been the most fun lately yeah. in my blog. Um and and. You know, we pitch, as bloggers, we pitch projects all the time, and sometimes they get picked up. Let's talk about that real yeah. quick, because I think that a lot of people would be surprised to hear about that or wonder more about it. How often do you pitch? I wouldn't say, so when I pitch a project, it's typically not to a new contact okay. at a brand. It's typically someone, maybe I'm not, I not necessarily have I worked with them before, but I have some sort of a relationship with them, whether it's via email or social media. From there, I'll feel comfortable like reaching out to them and say, let's work together. And for example, around the holidays, I was pitching projects yeah. a lot. And um, when did you start your pitching for those holiday projects? Because obviously now you're like putting them into action. I'm, I'm yeah. So um, probably I would say early to mid-September. Okay. You know, I love the holidays and dressing festive and getting all, having all those little events. And I think that they make great stories for the blog. So and there are brands that I think are great representation of festive and, you know, yeah. Kate Spade and Sea Wonder. So I, I think that they get your juices flowing. And yeah. I love that you're going out there. I think the public perception might be that these brands are all just coming to you and oh, that this is just totally. like, you know, they're knocking on your door. But right. what you're saying is that some of them may have started that way. or right. But you're also not afraid to go out there and send them something. Do you actually come up with a whole concept when you're pitching? I mean, I usually, it starts with an idea and then it's kind of like, I want their feedback and how they would, how they would visualize the concept. So I don't, I wouldn't, I can't take all the credit as bloggers. We're not just like waiting for content to come to us. We are writing for you. So we, you know, we want our spaces to be, you know, your spaces pretty much. So it's important to us to go after what we think would be good content for our readers. Oh, I love it. So I'm all about pitching. I think that's going to probably like illuminate a lot of like what goes on behind the scenes. 
Any other little victories for 2014? I mean, I'm at a really good place with my clients, so I have to say, I mean, I can't imagine it getting much better. For me, I've done a couple editorial things with styling, and that might be fun, you know, advance that sector a little bit. Any personal intentions? I mean, get married. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I think that's that's a a pretty big one. Yes. I think we've been talking about buying a place here in Chicago. Amazing. Where are you looking? I think we're going to stay in Lincoln Park. We live right across the street from a huge park, which is so nice. And I've lived there for six years now, so I feel like my heart's there a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I think just adjusting to being a wife, which is crazy. Here's a topic I always want to talk about in all of my podcasts. When it comes to your day-to-day life and what you're doing now, or when you're just starting Sequence and Stripes, were there any doubts or are there any doubts or resistance that you face day-to-day? Because I know it looks, I mean, I love looking at your blog and vicariously living mm-hmm. through you just even there because it's so beautiful and like girl, like the girl next door. And I know your life is not all sunshine and rainbows, even though the pictures may make it kind of look like mm-hmm. that. But I know just because I know you and I know humanity and I know bloggers enough to know that not everything is as it seems. Right. What, what do you struggle with? I think my biggest struggle is, I think blogging is hard because we take a huge risk in putting our lives out there. Obviously, I'm not going to show the hardships because that wouldn't make Sequins and Stripes my happy place or anyone else's happy place. Do you think that also the, like, because I will put it out there, but I can sometimes be like, all right, Jess, like, be nice, be a little bit lighter on there. Right. Yeah. And there are times, I, yeah. I mean, you know, there are times when I will do posts that are a true reflection of how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. You know, when my grandmother passed away and, and I get great feedback and I don't need to go to my blog readers to know that, that this is a sad part of time yeah. in my life. But it's, it's a part of me that I think my, of my readers as my friends. So obviously I want, I don't, I want them to know that. What they see on my Instagram is not what my life is day to day. You know, I'm a normal girl. I don't take myself seriously, but I think... What does that mean to not take yourself seriously? Ultimately, my life is not blogging. Even though your business is and your career is based on it. Totally. But when when I take a step back, I am the girl that wants to go home and like cook dinner cuddle with my dog and my fiance I don't want to spend every single night at an event um I just I there's a big separation for me between blogging and life that I I try to maintain on my blog as as much as my blog is about me there are things that I want to keep private because I mean there are parts of the internet that are mean yeah you know you get mean comments or you know, people don't understand where you're coming from or they think you're materialistic. But do you think that that's actually augmented by the fact that you're not sharing those other sides of you? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't there's know no necessarily right answer. I was right. just curious. But for me, I worry that if I put more out there... There'll be more to pick on. There, yeah, exactly. And and not that I'm scared of that, but... Do you have to deal with that a lot right now? Um, I mean, I get the hate comments here and there that... I mean, they, they phase me for like an hour, but yeah. then uh, they don't, I mean, clearly from what I share on my blog, this person doesn't yeah. know me because if they did, I don't think that they would say what they were saying. For me, it's not worth my time because I can't get down on myself on something written by someone who doesn't know me. So, so that's I what think, you remember is that so, they don't know right. you. Right. And I think that is where I create the separation between blogging and life. But that being said... I, I mean, my blog is so important to me and I take it very seriously and I, I 
constantly trying to be my true self. And I always want people to know that. But I think one of the hardest things is the competition in the blog world and having to constantly remind myself that my blog is about me and no one else. And the collaborations or opportunities I get have no reflection of anyone else there because I am who I am and I do what I do on my blog. So it's just, I have to constantly remind myself that it's about me and nobody else. So that's the resistance that you face. I just think that it's easy as a blogger to put pressure on yourself because now there are so many bloggers. There are bloggers who, I mean, are literally celebrities. There are bloggers who just started a blog today. And I think it's it's hard for, I want it to always feel like that first day that I started blogging. Because I think when you know too much, it's it kind of just makes it more difficult. It's easier to just remember that you're doing it for you, you know, and nobody else because otherwise you just get caught in a web. Did you come to this out of, a lot of times I learn by hitting my head against the wall is what oh, I call it. Oh, for sure. Did you find yourself not doing that enough times where you're like, okay, I gotta learn that lesson or did you just always have I, that wisdom? Um, no, oh my gosh, no. When I started my blog, I had no idea that you could work with a brand, you know? Like every day I would blog and it wasn't for anybody. Someone read it. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what? So, you know, you, you learn about other blogs and you try to get involved. And, and then I think you see what other blogs are already. I mean, now I'm like you, Liz, duh, they've been blogging for five years. Like, do you think that there could be, you have to get on this like track to being where they are within a couple months. So I think well, you did it within a couple years though. A lot of, I, I would say that you've done a really great job very quickly, but like you said, it's been six years right. of actual learning to do right. the act of blogging. I, I, I remember the like six month span of like, whoa, my readership went up. And I think it was literally after I stopped trying to be something I wasn't and trying to like be on this fast track of, I want to be a huge blogger here in yeah. Chicago. And like taking a deep breath and realizing that that wasn't me and I yeah. felt uncomfortable blogging. I look back at those posts and I... I what about them or feels fake to you? I think oh, okay. I was writing for someone else. For me, I feel like I know who my readership is now. Then I did not know who my readership was. So I was just blogging to try to be... To try to blog like the other enormous bloggers were blogging. And that is when you have to figure out what you're doing. Now I've, it's in a good place. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so what would you tell someone who's just starting out on this journey? I would just say be yourself. Now, that's a really great point, but I think it's a really hard thing for people to understand. On Like, how do I actually do that? I mean, my thing is, and I ask myself this, like, why did you start a blog? I just think if, if your goal in blogging when you're starting out is to... I don't know, to um, grow quickly and do things. Well, a lot of people do at this point, I would say. I mean, I work with clients, you know, especially from the business consulting I've done. A lot of people are just blogging so they can get clients. Exactly. But you would say that's not what you think. But I think if you're a personal, if you, I mean, I I guess you would say that my blog started as a lifestyle blog because I was doing it for myself. Um, I just think you can't, if if you start a blog to be this, enormous celebrity blogger your blog will never make it and I hate to say that but it's just finding your niche and being a voice that people want to read and listen to and being this like I don't know it's hard to put into words yeah I just think it's you have to be true to yourself you have to be your own voice that's the only thing that will distinguish you from everyone else's who and you just you can't be like everybody else. and it can take a little while to find oh my gosh it took me like a year 
I mean, it took me six months, I would say. So now we're going to go on to some reader questions. Okay. We have several. So we're going to start with Julie. She asks, how are you financially able to quit your job and start your own business? So when I made the decision to blog full time, I left my job um, working for the architecture firm and my blog, I think was about sequins and stripes was about six months old. But which is really quickly. That's like exactly. You know, and I you don't, say don't I, go into blogging for money. Right. And you're able to. Quit I don't, I don't want people yeah. to think like, oh, she quit her job and just hope that it would work out. But to keep in mind, I did have those styling clients. So, I mean, from them, I was making like bare minimum. Yeah. But it was enough for me to make some changes in my life, not go out to dinner. So you changed, you sh- you downgraded, and yes, you shifted down in order for to make sure. that shift. And that's actually, that's very common for most business owners. They make that leap. Mm-hmm. You kind of find your spaghetti number, I call it. Right. And you figure out what you need to live on. Completely. And you make sure that you make that oh number. Oh my gosh. And I remember telling my dad, dad, I'm going to leave my job. And he was like, you have three months. If nothing happens in three months, then... No, you're going back into the corporate world. And I said, that's fine. Okay, I have three months. And that's when I learned, I literally, I remember watching or reading um, articles on the internet of how to pitch to companies. And so you started at six months starting mm-hmm. to pitch? Oh well, I gosh. made a business plan and I was like, this is, you know, these are the type of companies I want to work with. These are the stories I want to write about. And I started reaching out to people in Chicago. I mean, I worked with you and yeah. Elena. and Jeff LC. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember I worked with the Every Girl when they first started. And I think I just got more involved on social media. I was It was just about promoting myself. So you've been pitching that much from this whole time. I will say more often than not, I go into pitches not feeling very confident. Yeah. You just have to pretend that you're confident. The problem is when you're pitching yourself, you have to have the statistics to back it. So my readership wasn't very large, so I kept it very local. But then I I realized I didn't want Sequins and Stripes to be a Chicago blog. I wanted it to be, you know, worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah, I mean, at this it's point, you're just say yeah. global, but it, it's just part of growing. So basically, the answer to Julie's question is you had exactly pretty much amount that, that you were making to like right. make your. So I did bill. not leave my corporate job with no income. Yeah. Because I just would not recommend yeah. that. But it worked out in those but three months. But it worked out, yes, that in those and three months. And you got months, your buns, it, you know, you, you like hustled. I and hustled. You, you pitched and you got the, you know, yep. sponsorship you needed. I love that. Okay, so moving on to Kimberly Ann. Do you, and we actually just kind of talked about this, but we can go into it more. Do you have a blog business plan for Sequins and Stripes? So truthfully, I wrote a business plan two years ago when I left my job. And I... Honestly, I don't think I've looked at it in like a year and a half. But I will say my goal, I wrote a three-year business plan. I exceeded my goal in two years. So I should probably rewrite it. Is that because of the power of the pitching? Is that what? I don't know. I think it was just, honestly, when I first started Sequins and Stripes and when I wrote this business plan, I was not on social media. And I think social media is just like the biggest marketing tool for bloggers ever. Um, And I think social media can just grow your blog. I mean, it introduces you to new audiences within like a split second. Are you just putting your content out there and people just happen to find it? Or how are these people on social media finding you? I think people are probably, Kimberly Ann might, for example, be yeah. wondering that. For example, um, I do an outfit post and I wear a dress from Anthropology and I mention Anthropology in my tweet or yeah. on Pinterest or on Facebook. And then say Anthropology sees it and they retweet that to their following, which is huge. So just those little, you know, strategic moves, constantly engaging others and attaching your blog to someone else, 
it just puts you, like I said, in this in front of an entirely new audience. And you're just basically at that point hoping that they'll right. recirculate And that. that's what many of my contacts now are because I introduce them to my site via a tweet or yeah. via Facebook. So those little mentions can open so many doors. I mean, that was a huge factor in my growth. That's awesome. Okay, so um, do you have an editorial calendar? I keep my own editorial calendar for about two months out. So you know what every post you're going to post for the next two um, months? Not every single post because I I, I never, I, I'm very torn on if I do a, you know, a series that is reoc- reoccurring every week. Um, like my weekend style post that goes live on Saturday. That's pretty much my only reoccurring series. Um, well, you have uh, Friday posts where you share I do Friday on. posts just to kind of like wrap up the yeah. week. But I, I, I never want people. So say I do a recipe every Tuesday. It's like some readers don't want to see yeah. a recipe. So I want to constantly keep it changing. Okay. I try to do two outfit posts a week. And those are typically what I'll have mapped out in my editorial calendar. Okay. Um, and then any collaborations with fans I'll have marked out for about two months. And usually, I mean, as soon as I get an idea in my head, I, I mean, last time I was on a plane, I think I wrote like nine post ideas down and I immediately put them in the calendar. So stuff like that, because I'm always being inspired for a post or, you know, I'm constantly inspired for a post and I have to put it in my editorial yeah. calendar immediately. Just for anyone that's wondering, you can actually get a widget for WordPress if you're on WordPress for yeah. editorial calendars. But now to take it away from blogging and bring it on to nail polish, Brittany asks, are there any nail polish or beauty picks you have or you recommend for 2014? Um, as far as beauty goes, I've said on my blog, if you guys are readers, a million times that I'm not the biggest beauty buff, but um, my beauty starts with moisturizing because my makeup would not look good if yeah. my face wasn't moisturized. But I'm all very like minimal. I'm a big blush, like rosy cheeks and kind of a dewy glow. Do you have like three things that you totally that I use? Yeah. I use... We'll their, put this in the show notes, guys, by okay. the way. <laughs> I use Their Real Mascara by Benefits, which yeah, I, I have swear that by. Yeah, it's really good. It's amazing. Um, I use Bare Essentials Blush in Rose. And I use Laura Mercier Sheer Foundation. But as far as nail trends, pastels are huge again for spring. Okay. And I love, I, I, I feel like spring is such a like happy time. I love Essie's Bikini Sotini. It's this really cute blue. I'm also a big fan of Essie Geranium, which I'm oh, usually- Oh, that reddish yes. pink. Yeah. And I'll usually have red on my nails. So it's kind of like a bouncy red, a little, just a little fun, more spring. My nail trend, I mean, I get so moody and dark in the winter just because I think my wardrobe becomes a little darker. And then in the spring, you'll usually find me in Essie's Geranium or I'll venture out into Bikini Sotini or Lilacism is this really pretty purple. Are you a fan of the nail detail stuff? Are you straight manicure? I'm a straight manicure. I'm sure if I found someone who did something really cool, I'd probably try it out once and know that it wasn't really me. Okay, and then last but not least, Amanda asks, back to the blogging, um, how important is location to blogging? Is it beneficial to live in Chicago or would you be better off in New York or LA? And then what's your schedule like day to day? So as far as being a blogger here in Chicago, I think it's actually given me more opportunity only because LA and New York are so saturated with bloggers. Community here in Chicago is much smaller. But it's still a huge city. Huge. But 
I think there's, you have more opportunity to host events or, you know, collaborate with local Chicago designers. As far as my larger campaigns that I do on my blog, I've worked with Nordstrom's and Topshop and Henry Bendel and a few more, but those are all corporate out of New York. So just because you're not based in New York and LA doesn't mean that you miss out on those opportunities. But you would have to have, I would say, because that you're assuming that they're probably flying you out there on their time. But also they could collaborate with you. I mean, there are a lot of collaborations are strictly through my blog. They'll just want, maybe they'll send you an item of clothing that you like and they want you to feature on your blog. No matter where you are, for example, we're in the Midwest. Like yeah. We are a voice for the Midwest. These brands say, for me, I work with retailers a lot. I mean, they their audience is all over the U.S. So we are pitching them in our locations. For them, no matter where we are, we're an advantage because we're pitching to our audience, to a new audience for them that maybe doesn't know about whatnot. So I think it's helpful. What about for people? Cause Amanda specifically said she's from Iowa. So okay. is that, is she at a disadvantage because she's in Iowa? I don't think so at all. I think it depends. Well, especially for those in-person things, let's be honest. Probably. In-person probably. Unless she's a huge, she has a huge following already. Right. In that case, they'll be willing to, you know, they'll be happy to fly you out. Exactly. But also depending on where you are, say you wanted to do an event with J crew. If there is a J crew store by you, you should go in there and say, I'm a local blogger. If corporate ever reaches out to you about doing an event, I'd love to work with you. I mean, that's a way to get involved in your community. Say your community is a smaller, there's not many bloggers. That's why for them to hear that you're a blogger will be, I I think that they would be totally surprised and excited to work with you. Awesome. So you just have to take advantage of your location. Or still do what you had said with the linking to those bigger companies and social media online. Getting noticed. Yeah. Last question from Amanda. What does your schedule look like? How long do you spend blogging? Let's start there. How many hours do you blog a day? Oh, gosh. Do you blog every day? Every day. So how many hours does it take you? It depends. So I, I just hired a photographer to start shooting my outfits. And I will meet with her, I would say, about total throughout the week, probably like three hours. Um, My collage posts can take up to like five hours to do. I mean, and then if you think of emails and uh, emails just take so long. I mean, there's just so much. And it varies totally. I would say my typical day is I wake up at about 6 a.m. I respond to all my emails. I schedule all my posts on Instagram. I you know, inst- or tweet and put on Facebook my post for the day. Do you write it in the morning and then post it? No. Okay, so you I do typically, it. so like my editorial calendar, my outfits are pretty much one to two weeks out. Yeah. They're already scheduled. Um, do, you already, do you shoot them the week that you air them or do you plan ahead of time and shoot them and then they air like two weeks later? It depends on how many I have in the queue. But typically... It's really nice. So I have an office downtown with an interior designer here in Chicago. Yes, Alex. So my morning starts out pretty slow. I'll have coffee. I'll go work out. And then I usually get to my office around 9 or 10. And I stay till about 4. And and I'm pretty much blogging. If I'm at my office, I'm blogging the entire time. And not necessarily blogging, but I'm responding to social media. I'm responding to emails, doing accounting for the blog. I'm you know, making tweaks to the back end. It's just, I'm, you know, working on Pinterest. Everything's so connected. But then I really need to get be better at coming home and shutting my computer off by six because I will be on the couch until like 10 with my computer. So it just feels like there's no shut off. 
But then some days, like today I have a client in the suburbs at one. It's so back and forth. But I would say from where I am now, yeah. blogging is majority of my day. Well, and that's what you're making your money on. So it's right. majority-wise right. besides the now, clients. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes. And it also shows, it could take me, for, for example, like just to write a post. I don't even do the visuals, which is fascinating to know. It could take five hours to just visually put together a post. Well, when you think about removing backgrounds, yeah. It's a lot of time. And I think that's part of why people struggle with blogging when they come to blogging as a way to start a business and to get clients. Right. They don't, they're just doing it so they, some of them, not everyone, but a lot of people go into it trying to say, what do I have to do in order to get the client rather than putting in the time to make a great blog, which right. will ultimately get clients. And that's so why corners. If, if you're go, if you're blogging to get clients, I think then that's a different, I don't think, I personally don't really blog to get clients anymore. Yeah. Um, but I blog to keep my brand consistent and dedicated and to get those collaborations, right. And to get collaboration. So it's, you blog for your following. Exactly. I blog for my readers. Yeah. It doesn't always have to take five hours. I'm no, oh my gosh, my posts that take five hours, it's not just arranging product, but it's finding the product and linking back to the product. Yeah. Oh my God. But it's fun. It's so worth it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks Jess. It was so fun. And there you have it. Episode number three. Thank you guys so much for listening and thanks to Liz for being on the show. If you guys have any questions for Nicole Balch of makingitlovely.com, she's coming up in the interview schedule. So feel free to go on Twitter and tweet me a question you'd like to ask her at jessclively.com or you can go on Facebook, which you can find through jesslively.com. Just click through to the Facebook and leave me a question there. I'll be selecting a few questions to ask her in the upcoming weeks. And also, if you're interested in going deeper in designing a life with intention and really want to understand what that looks like and how to do it, please check out Life with Intention online. We have 50% fill for the next March class, but there are still spots left. You can see more details at with-intention.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.